calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Les Hangout. I'm Ellie Brigida. And I'm Lee Holmes Foster, and here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is somewhere we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. And the first thing we want to talk about is all of our events coming up. I am very excited for our first event in January, which is a new event we're testing out. It's called Astrology Family Feud, which is basically family feud style, but you play with your astrological family and you have to answer questions like, what sign is the most likely to cry during Fat Albert? And... That would be a Pisces, because I cried during Fat Albert. So you're welcome for that little tidbit <laughs> of information. <laughs> Are you giving away secrets to the, to the questions? No, that was just me making one up on the spot, and I honestly... My brain just went, and I was like, why are you saying Fat Albert? But just keep going with it, and that's where we went. <laughs> so. <laughs> so that's going to be in Boston. Yes. On January 9th. We also have some more trivia nights coming up. We are going to be having them a little bit all over. So to start with, we have another trivia night at Henrietta Hudson's in New York on January 23rd. And that will be L Word Trivia. Same with Denver Trivia on January 31st. Any of our Denver listeners, I will be there for the Denver event, which I am so excited for. Also, we are going to have another Winona Earp Trivia Night, this time in Boston. I'm a little jealous. It's going to be February 22nd, so do not miss out, uh, Boston area Earpers, because it's going to be hot, hot, hot. Oh, it's going to be great. And I made sure it was on a weekend, so any of you who live even just a little bit outside of Boston, you can make the trip out. And if you want to host trivia in your own city, we are hiring trivia hosts. So email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com if you're interested in hosting. Biffle the series also just came out online. If you do not know what Biffle is, it is a queer LGBTQ web series. It is amazing. We saw the premiere at Clexicon. It's one of my favorite web series ever from just seeing the first episode. If you want to watch it, you can find it at biffletheseries.com. 
And speaking of premieres, as of this recording, one of us, I, I don't want to say who, but one of the Somebody two of who's us has certainly has seen, it. seen <laughs> the Generation Q first episode drop. And it's amazing. By the time this episode comes out, everyone should have seen it, I expect. Oh, yeah. Right? It came out yesterday for everyone listening. So by then, Ellie will also have seen it. <laughs> and then I'll finally be as cool as Lee. It's fine. <laughs> finally, finally. All I can tell you is it's amazing. It's so good. It's so crazy having all of these characters back on our screen. It's wild. It's just wild. It's so good. I'm it, so excited. How was your premiere experience? Did you feel like a VIP? We were very fancy. We had little seats reserved for us with a little Les Hangout logo and everything. Ellie, oh. it was... I know. <laughs> That's I know. so cool. We'll, we'll have to get you out next time. I know. We're so cool. <laughs> but really, Lee was just cool that time. I was sitting at home <laughs> just okay, waiting to cool hear back weekend. about her nice night. <laughs> I know. It's going to be You'll be so cool on Sunday. Don't you're worry. right. You're right. We are super excited to be featured on Notes from the Hostel podcast this week. It's a podcast all about runaways. We hung out with Justina and Nadia to talk about the season finale of season one of Runaways. It was an absolute blast. We had way too much to talk about. Nadia actually came to our podcasting 101 panel at Clexicon last year and was inspired to start this podcast. So we're really excited that we could also be a part of it. But if you want to check that out, go check them out at Notes from the Hostel. Also, in other unrelated but sad news... We'll be going on hiatus. We're so sorry. We're leaving think, you for. I think people expected like way sadder news, but that is pretty that heartbreaking. Is sad. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is. You built it up. Though. Everyone is crushed, Lee. <laughs> We're <laughs> three weeks. We'll be gone for three weeks. Everyone, it's we'll be back. We it's will be, be back. Okay. Please wait for we us. We'll come back. We're. <laughs> I'm like literally picturing like a widow waiting. Or on the on the sea, like waiting for us to come back. Return to me. Yes. <laughs> but we will be back on January 13th with an amazing episode. So the wait will be well worth it. It's going to be worth waiting for. It's uh, definitely worth waiting for. And that's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. And welcome to our 37th installment of Shoulda Been Gay. Oh, it was fun. It was great. But it should have And in this week's episode, you can buy your hair if it won't grow. You can fix your nose oh. if he says so. You, you can, can buy all the makeup that Mac can make. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. That's right. We are going to be talking a little bit about some unknown people in the show Glee. And we are so, so lucky we are joined by, I think, a expert in the field with us here today. Oh, 100%. Yes. We have John Arrow, who is one of the original founders of Fabericon, a Faberi convention that ran from 2013 to 2016, and now is one of the founders of TGI Femslash, which is a multi-fandom, fan-driven Femslash convention. John, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, what a pleasure and an honor. It's so exciting that here in the year of our Lord, 2019, <laughs> almost 2020, people are excited to talk about, you know, Faberi. Like, let me help spread the gospel to anyone who missed that memo 
six, seven, whatever years ago. I am Fabarius here to help timeless. you today. Yeah. Right? Timeless. Still, right? Still talking about Faberry, and we will never, never stop. Before we start, can you tell us about FabariCon? Like, number one, how many people came to FabariCon because of Faberry? Were there other things or was it literally just Faberry? Well, we had about 12,000 people. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but wouldn't that have been incredible? Yes. <laughs> so there were five Fabericons. We had two in the first year because I was very ambitious. And then one each year after that. And it, it was a small event. It was more kind of meetup sized. The first one had 33 people. The biggest we ever got was the third one, I think, which was like 55 people. So it was an intimate setting. But yeah, it was literally just about Faberi. And if you're thinking, how on earth could you have three full days of programming to just talk about one pairing? Well, gentle listeners, <laughs> we did it five times. Look. Here's what I can promise you. Neither of us were wondering that. <laughs> <laughs> there actually was quite a lot to talk about. We had discussion panels. I mean, as many as like 16 different discussion panels in a weekend, just unpacking the different layers of this incredible couple, whether it was looking at them individually as characters or how they were interacting with each other, how things were changing across the seasons, what we thought was going to happen next, because <laughs> a lot of this was happening while the show was still on. So the convention started after season four, Three and the very first one actually happened the night that Quinn had sex with Santana. Oh my god! Stop oh my it. god! Yes. Stop so it. those of us who were there, there were like twenty of us piled into a hotel room. It was Valentine's Day in 2013, <laughs> and we're all watching like, oh, you know, this week's episode, and we actually got to see Quinn have sex oh with a woman god. on the opening inaugural night of Fabricon. It was the most magical thing that's ever happened to me. I feel like they had to know. I feel like they were just like, you know what? Oh, they Fabericon's knew. happening right now. We should probably do something. Let's just throw this in here. <laughs> you know, they, they were all about fan service. So let's just throw this yes. out there. Let's throw this, this out there. This we'll one's just... for you, Fabericon. You know, it really, though, it made the whole weekend even more incredible. Because we're like, remember when Quinn actually had sex with a girl? It didn't <laughs> matter that it wasn't Rachel. Like, it did not matter. It was... Our entire theories were based on Quinn is gay. Yes. And then we got to see this evidence that, yes. Well, I know we're going to get into it, but it's not like Santana oh, yeah. doesn't fall into a type that Quinn has. Whatever. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so I feel like we usually start by talking about, well, we have to, oh, we have to do the IMDb synopsis before. I was like experiences with Faberi because oh, yeah, your no, experience with Faberi is amazing. <laughs> okay. And this this is going to be a fun one because <laughs> typically when we do these, well, let me let me set the scene a little bit, okay? I mean, obviously Quinn and Rachel have been on our list for a very long time. When you make your list of like the top should have been gay things, this is one of the big ones. Very high. It's very high. And it's been on our list 
for forever. And there's a couple reasons that we haven't gotten to it yet. Um, one of them being that we've, you know, we just needed that right expert to be here, John. So, so thank you. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Thank you for being here. And the other being that up until now, I think most of our, other than when we did Buffy and Faith, that was sort of the other, the only other time that we've kind of done this. We've always focused on like a movie or like a show in general. And this is very much, here's just this one pairing, right? So that's one reason. And the other reason, as I know John now knows about me, is I'm such huge for Barry Trash. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> it's near... Lee it's, was like, it has to be perfect. It has to be perfect. It's near and dear to my heart. I've been holding on to it for a long time. Uh, and this this episode, I mean, we're recording it a little ahead, but it is going to come out kind of close to when we're going to take our, our holiday hiatus. So this is like my Christmas gift to myself, basically. <laughs> Is we're gonna and to all of you and who are listening to all of our listeners. You're welcome, everyone. Yes. Happy, I would like to wish holidays. everyone a a merry Fabarimus. Oh yes. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Uh, so here's the thing. What I love about this is usually when we do our IMDb synopsis, they're at least somewhat related to like what we're gonna talk about. I just took the IMDb synopsis for Glee, <laughs> the show. <laughs> So I'm really excited for what our gay synopses are going to be because the IMDb synopsis has given us nothing to work with here, okay? Nada. Okay, so our IMDb synopsis for Glee is as follows. A group of ambitious misfits try to escape the harsh realities of high school by joining a Glee club. I love that IMDb synopsis because, like, a Glee club is not escaping the, like, that's right. like the most harsh of realities to be in a glee club. <laughs> it makes it sound like it's some post-apocalyptic thing where they have to band together and sing to like escape with their lives. I'm like, what show was that? That's I, not what I, I have watched. read that fan fiction as well, though, so it's fine. <laughs> yes. It's true. That fic was really good. <laughs> Oh god. Welcome to the I next hour in, of John I was and I in talk Glee about Club, fan and I don't feel like it was not that IMDb synopsis. No. Let's be real. No. Do you have a gay synopsis for us for Faberry John? I guess my synopsis would be Rachel Berry is a talented yet socially misguided <laughs> um sophomore who has big dreams and uh, falls in love along the way with many of her Glee castmates, but none is as queer and dear to her heart as prom queen, head bitch in charge, Quinn Fabray. Nice. True. True. Sign me up for that show. Oh, yeah. All right, here's mine. Repressed Christian cheerleader realizes the reason she made her celibacy pact was because she had no interest in sleeping with men and only wanted to sleep with one cute little Jewish songstress. So accurate. For Barry. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, uh, okay. How do I distill Faberry down to a single short synopsis? I'm going to say young, closeted, teenage lesbian Lucy Quinn Fabray bullies the object of her desire for years at the beginning of her journey of self-discovery before being done dirty by the writers of Glee. So dirty. Mm. Yeah. Like, the dirtiest. The dirtiest. Uh, it, was, it was bad. Yeah. So there we go. That's that's my gay synopsis. 
Uh, and now, Ellie, you can jump us into our experience. Oh, yes. Let's talk about our experience. I feel like, John, let's start with you. You are, like, the live and breathe Faberi. I mean, so do, I'm sure Lee's going to have a bunch of things to say as well. But let's start with you, John. I am but one, you know, Faberi fan. There are legions of us. Legions. <laughs> I feel like I want that gif of, like, there are dozens of dozens us. Of us. <laughs> dozens of us. Dozens. I mean, you know, that was us at FabariCon. We're like, there are, you know, 38 of us. There are dozens. You know, I started Fabericon because I was on Tumblr and experiencing fandom that way in season two and in season three, but I wanted to connect with people because this particular pairing had grabbed me in a way that no other pairing had before. And I had been shipping things and been in fandom since like 2002, but this completely took over my heart and soul, both as Rachel and Quinn, but I was also a fan of the relationship between the actresses. And, you know, they were good friends and roommates for a while. And who knows what else? But they just had such incredible chemistry. And there was just something about it that was everything to me. And I needed people to talk about it with. So I thought, I'm an adult. I can do what I want. I'll start a convention. (laughs) And people showed up and it was amazing. So I was able to dig even deeper into the different elements of the pairing and connect with other fans. We would watch vids and we would, you know, read each other's fix. And in a way, there were so many times where what was actually happening on the show didn't even really matter because the the fanon of Faberi is fantastic. I mean, the quality of fic out there is truly top shelf. And so at this point, what actually happened on Glee is like way deep in my memories. Yeah, who and cares? Who cares, not right? like at the front of things. So if I misrepresent anything this evening, it's either because it's been like five or six years since it happened or because I've just integrated all of the various subtext and fanish theories into my my frontal cortex here. But as we um, always do, let's be yeah. real. It's it's uh, very hard to separate. It just the the show needed so much fixing in terms of like they kept getting very close with this pairing, but then not quite going there. And there was so much actually happening. Like we see it. We're not making this up. There is true chemistry between these characters and there's true longing particularly on Quinn's side for Rachel and things just kept happening and happening and happening so yeah to be able to talk about those things with other fans was truly uh, a highlight and special experience of my life and I've built incredible community with other Faberi fans and there's just such a nice peace and calm that comes with like meeting someone and being like so Quinn was gay for Rachel right and they're like oh yeah totally totally and you're able to just skip ahead to like level eight of friendship it's why you're like my new best friend John it's great oh absolutely I love how you describe that feeling as peace and calm as well I mean there's, like the there's turmoil a, there's a of like somebody else you know? being like Quinn's they get straight it. and you're like no wait no. what yeah. Can I we mean, even interact now? I don't. Right. Look, it's if anyone says Quinn is straight, just like walk away. Just, just walk run. away from that conversation. D- don't even fine. walk. Just run. Just be gone. <laughs> Flee. 
I love that so much. Lee, what was your experience? I feel like mine's going to be less poetic. I literally never even finished watching Glee. I think once they got to college, I kind of like petered out of the show. I just couldn't, I couldn't keep up with it anymore. I was so tired of the writing and it just, it started to drag and you could see that they were kind of never going to go a lot of places that I wanted them to go. And I don't know what it is. This is why I think, you know, as much as we're going to laugh about the peace and calm, I think there is something that's just a connection that you have. Because Faberi is a, a pairing that I feel like if it resonates with you, it just like resonates a lot, you know? Like, I don't know why. And, and it's not even like, it's funny to me when I look at them as a pairing. I'm like, it's not like I identify particularly strongly with either person in it I'm just like but they were so clearly gay for each other and so I don't under I don't understand what is this <laughs> what is this nonsense uh and there is there's actually a lot of like really really well written stories like a lot of really good fan fiction out there about it so I think there's just something about watching people who take the step of saying the writers did a terrible job with this pairing and we could do a better job. And they do. And I, I just kind of love it. So I don't know why I love Faberi so much. I just do. And I feel like I missed so much of the fandom around it. Like, it, it wasn't really at a time where I was super involved or super, like, aware even of a lot of stuff that was going on. So I feel like I just kind of had this, like, little teeny tiny parallel, like, cart on a track way over here just being like, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> did you talk to like anyone about it lee was this like no. a secret you held that you yeah. were like yeah, yeah i love faberi and i'm not gonna talk about it i mean i mean it wasn't like it wasn't like i can't tell anyone it was just like who would i have talked to it about you know mm. like because i don't it was i think it was before i was really into a lot of the fandom communities online and so yeah i just i didn't really have that sense that like other people felt really strongly about this as well other than knowing like well obviously people care enough to like write some stuff about it online but i but it didn't it didn't lead to anything for me you know uh I'm and so, so yeah i just you're here now lee i'm here now and i <laughs> let love, it all out i just love that there was like so much community around it right because it's like it's the same reason that ellie and i love so much of fandom now is like finding that community with people who are just like i care about this thing that's not even real people <laughs> it's just it's just like a show but i care about it a lot you know it's not yeah. just a show lee I, exactly not. exactly but that's the thing is it's like just finding the people who like nerd out about the same stuff. I think it does. It like creates this instant bond, you know? Uh, Absolutely. And, so I love it. and, you know, I've got to shout out to all of the people who were in like Tumblr Glee fandom from the beginning, because I didn't get on Tumblr until like after season two. And so the people who were watching weekly and were participating online, they went through some shit, man. Like, Glee put them through the ringer and, you know, just this buildup, especially with the, the front 13 episodes where the show was, you know, arguably in some ways at its best. And those first 13 episodes of season one were created in a vacuum mm -hmm. because the show runners were just making that show and it wasn't airing. And so they weren't getting fan feedback. And then once the feedback loop started, things began to get crazy. But yeah, those folks who were, on Tumblr fandom, I mean, the ship wars were massive between Faberi and then Finchel people, right? Stuff got real. And it's at the point now 
where the people who came out on the other side of all that feel like they went through a war people talk about like oh we used to be glee blogs and like if you didn't live through that time you don't know <laughs> you don't know what we went through and i hopped on a moving train because i wasn't a part of all that stuff for season one and two i just came riding in at the end of season two like so who wants to come to a con and talk about things and then i got to learn about so much that was happening yeah. you should have you should have just jumped on my little cart over here it was nice and quiet <laughs> <laughs> I mean, super chill very relaxed you know I, w- I wish i could have gotten you into the con because it, w- it was such a great experience and i would of course never go so far as to say like anyone who didn't come to the con you know wasn't as much of a fan or anything as others like people are in their corners of fandom and find out about things and hear about things and we've had a lot of people who've reached out and been like oh you know i I only just heard about this you know i missed it i wish i had known about it or oh i wish i could have gone and those were just some really special years that in some ways i would love to relive and go through all that and just rediscover friendships and the crazy train that was the Faberry ship, because it definitely had some highs along the way. And then Quinn got hit by a truck. So. <laughs> and on that note, Ellie, let's hear your experience with uh, with Faberry. All right. Well, I'm more going to talk a little bit about my experience with Glee. Okay. Because Glee, when the first season came out, resonated with me so hard. And Lee, I'm going to let you guess. Which character do you think I identify with the most? Oh, gosh. Uh, it's Finn, right? It's got to be Finn. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. No. Who is it? <laughs> okay, wait. Who do you identify you know, with the most in season one? In season one, I was in high school. I was in show choir. I was a star. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's hard for me to say. It's Kurt. I'm going to guess Kurt. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Rachel, it's Come Rachel. Come on, say it. Say you're Rachel. Just say it. I'm a Rachel, okay? Did you have a gold starboard, too? You don't even understand. (laughs) I understand you, Ellie. We had auditions for the school musical. I literally bought gold stars. Oh, my God. Stop it. Brought them to school. Stop it. (laughs) Put a gold star next to my name on the audition sheet. Ellie, you've told a lot of stories in... In the time that I've known you, this might be my favorite story you've ever told. You don't even... It gets better. (laughs) I have a friend named Anna for Paolo. She is hot and blonde. (laughs) I go to the audition board after. My star has been scratched off. Oh, no. (gasps) I know. And I go into full Rachel mode. I'm like, who did this? Who did this to my star? I, n- I never found out who it was. Oh, it was Quinn. Until our senior year, my friend Anna told me it was her. And she was like, you were just too much. You needed somebody to like, take you down. Oh. On, we did a day, senior week, like famous couples. I dressed as Rachel Berry. She dressed as Quinn. How did you dress as Rachel Berry? Please tell us all of the details in in explicit, like, excruciating high level of detail. (laughs) (laughs) I probably This is what I need right now. I know I can find a picture and I will post it because I have it. Like, I know it's on my Facebook. She had, she had a pregnant belly. Like, we did, like, season one. Oh, my God. Um, Oh, my God. So, 
I wore uh, like a checkered like sweater, one of those like argyle mm-hmm. sweaters, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Skirt, yep. high socks. Yep. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, headband. Yep. <laughs> and then I just sang around the halls. Like, what else? Outstanding. Yeah. Did you bring your two gay dads oh my with God, you? Like, were they just walking behind you? <laughs> that would have been next yeah. level. But oh yeah, gosh. so I very, I love it. very strongly identify with Rachel. Uh, as I got older, I toned down the Rachel a little bit. <laughs> but as we're talking about it, I'm like, I'm back. <laughs> She's back. Uh huh. Bring that, bring that sweater I am back. I'm also yeah, a Rachel. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate you for that. I mean, yeah. I don't wear the clothes, but like I need applause <laughs> yes. to live. Like it's, I, yes, it's very... I do as well. I will, yeah, yeah. I will admit that. At least I'm, I'm yeah. self-aware about my Rachelness. I, I embraced it. I was like, yeah, I'm Rachel. She's amazing. <laughs> and you know, at the con, we would talk about like, so you know, everybody here, are you a Quinn or are you a Rachel? Because we would identify with you know the individual characters based on what we saw in ourselves, but we also realized so many of us who were Rachels, such as myself, it's like, well, part of what makes me Rachel is that I'm in love with Quinn for Bray. <laughs> and the people oh, who identified yeah. with Quinn were like, well, I'm in love with Rachel Berry. So true. And so that was so true. definitely a, an element See, in the mix. Yeah. Look, here's the thing. I, th- I think the other thing that I always laugh about Faberry is appearing for me, right, is that Physically, my type tends to be more of a Rachel, but then there's Diana Agron. <laughs> Who is, like, the prettiest person on the planet. Ever. And, like, yeah. it's a big problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a big problem for me. So uh, so now I don't know where I land. Where am I? Who am I? I'm no Who one. Who are you? It's fine. You can like both Maybe of them. you're it's the okay. Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> Who just admires the two of them. Yeah, it's like, oh, I love you, know, you two together. Something like that. I could be Kurt. I could see that. I am. Yeah. I, I think I am more of a Kurt. Yeah. Oh, oh no. I don't know if I want to be. <laughs> we nailed it. We nailed it. I love Kurt. I mean, you know, he has his moments. Mm-hmm. He um, does. Okay. So let's let's dig in a little bit because obviously I know we're going to talk about, um, I, I have a feeling we're going to have a hard time not getting off on tangents. Not that we've not been doing great so far. Oh, we're doing wonderful. Uh, we're doing fantastic, everyone. Uh, but... I do want to talk a little bit about ignoring the fan fiction, ignoring the vids, ignore ignoring all of that. Impossible. Just, it's going to be tough, I know. But if we look at the show itself, right? Because we started talking about this a little bit before we recorded, but the thing that was funny for me trying to do research for this, because I'll be honest, I have not watched Glee since Glee was on television. I didn't go back and rewatch anything for this. I did try to go back and do some actual research, just of, like, looking up things that happened in the show and kind of reminding myself. And the thing that's funny is when you go back and and look up what are the things that happened in the actual show that led everyone to immediately say, hey, wait a minute, there's something happening between those two. There's so many things that I forget actually happened in the show. Right? Things that, that in my head, I'm like, oh, that happens in mm-hmm. this one story that so-and-so wrote. And then you're like, oh, no, they put that in the story because it happened in the show and was so clearly gay. But the show was like, no, no, no. Don't know what you're talking about. Nothing gay is happening here. Right. So let's talk about some of those things. Um, just some of the very, the, the actual canon Faberry Glee 
things that occurred and and that led everyone to the obvious conclusion of they are totally, totally into each other. Do we want to just start season one? Sure, sure. Let's try to try to do some sure. chronological. Let's start at very yeah. repressed season one, Quinn. <laughs> oh my god, so repressed and and bullying, acting out, you know, calling Rachel things like man hands and you know, just RuPaul, RuPaul, all this hurtful stuff, you know, trying to put her in her place, which is obviously what people do when they have feelings that they cannot deal with. Like she's projecting out these messages. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see things in season one, like when Rachel mentions, you know, what, you don't think people draw pornographic pictures of me on the bathroom walls? And Quinn says, that was me, actually. And all of us pause our televisions and go, okay, so Wait, who <laughs> draws pornographic pictures of some girl at your school on the bathroom wall? Like, if you are drawing Rachel porn, you have an interest in Rachel porn. But the writers have all these throwaway lines that they expect, like, oh, that's just a laugh. But no, we're going to take that and be like, okay, it so is that's canon. canon now. You know, Quinn's drawing naked pictures of Rachel. It's fine. Well, and we not only get the drawing pictures of Rachel that they discuss, we also get the, she has a the notebook the where notebook. she has like, I drew an ugly Rachel, but then right. I drew all these hearts, hearts yeah. around it. Yes. And I, you're like, what are, what, what prop person did this to your show? Right. She writes the word loser in all caps and then draws like 38 hearts around it or something. Who the fuck? Sorry. Can I say fuck? Yes. Who oh, the God, fuck yes. would draw hearts all around the person that they that supposedly they hate. hate? Like, yeah. What is that? No. no very, no. very mixed subconscious messages. Oh, my gosh. Well, and it's it's what's funny about it is you have to wonder, right? Like, watching the first season, I almost wonder if when they were in that vacuum, was there a plan that was different than than where they ended up going once the show got started, right? And, like, realizing, oh, hey, now we have this, like, ticket to success that we're not going to mess with by going there but if you it's it's so classically set up right it's so classically set up to say like you have the very very conservative closed off angry bully who just takes i mean rachel if we're gonna get into rachel as a character sure she's a lot she's over the top she can be irritating she can be a bulldozer she's by no stretch of the imagination nor was she ever really made to be an unattractive person And so you have Quinn, who basically, her whole life seems to be centered around, how do I convince myself that Rachel isn't attractive? (laughs) Because I I think she's so hot. I have to keep being like, you're you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly. You're ugly. I'm going to call you ugly name. I'm going to call you stubbles. I'm going to call you all of these names that are designed to make you seem less attractive. I'm going to draw you looking less attractive. But also I'm going to draw, like, porn of you, right? Right. And if I can jump in, also in oh, season please. one, the the list, right? The, the list that ranked the hotness of Glee members. Quinn makes it. She puts herself at the top. She puts Rachel at the bottom. And Rachel's the only person with a negative score. So it's like I'm going out of my way to try and say, oh, you are so ugly. Because actually, I'm super fucking in love with you. And I cannot yeah. deal with it. I mean, if we're going to go on the scale of, like, the lady doth protest too much exactly. and where where Quinn falls on that, right? Like, everything about it is 
closeted teen gay, right? It's yes. like you're you're bullying and making fun of the girl you're very obviously into. You're going to fight over the same boyfriend. Like you're going to try to steal her boyfriend over and over and over again. Oh my god, don't even get me started. <laughs> I have seen the show so many times and I still cannot keep track of which one of them is dating Finn at whatever point in time. Like well, it's, and because who it cares? starts here and then it flips and then it flips back and then it flips again. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I, yeah. They put this guy to be the object of the mutual affection, the mutual pining so that they would have a reason to like fight and, you know, compete with each other. But you can take Finn completely out of the equation. And there's enough substance there just between these two characters as people to sustain storylines and dynamics no one fucking needs finn and and finn and because let's be clear we're gonna dump all over finn uh endlessly just a reminder we're dumping on finn we're not dumping on the actor who played finn uh but if we're gonna dump all over finn finn is kind of like you know every time we do a should have been gay on like any late 90s early 2000s movie where the obvious chemistry and heat is between the two female leads, and then they're like, and one of them has a brother. Hooray. And he's so pretty. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, that's basically what Finn, like, what Finn brings dramatically to the Glee landscape is, like, as equivalent to, like, a sack of bricks. I mean, there's just nothing. <laughs> he, there's he's nothing the one. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> Yeah. He brings nothing to the table. And it's it's laughable to take these two characters and try to pretend that either one of them would have any real interest in Finn as a person. And yet, they just continue to do it over and over and over again. And they're basically like, they're fighting over Finn, but you never see Finn. You only ever see the two of them having, like, highly intense emotional moments together. Yeah. Frequently in a bathroom. It's fine. Uh, nothing you know- suspect. <laughs> No, nothing at all. And, you know, Quinn's in season one. She's got her whole pregnancy storyline and everything that's wrapped up in that. But so much of her season one journey is going from that, like, bullying, you know, bitch character to someone who's developing empathy and who can build sincere relationships. And she's been taken down a peg by the whole pregnancy thing. You know, she's discovering what it's like to, you know, be an outsider as it was presented to her. And I I think that is where she becomes a much more interesting character. And going from season one into season two, you know, we we see the the enemies to friends trope forming, right? Mm -hmm. Because they, Quinn and Rachel have, you know, been in this um, antagonistic dynamic for season one and in season two. Yes, they're still fighting over Finn, whatever, but Quinn especially is starting to tolerate Rachel and they're they're having moments of tolerate being on the same side. You know, there was the whole nose job thing, um, which is the first time I think we hear Rachel call Quinn her friend and there's like a little beat uh-huh. you know in the doctor's office oh my there. god yes that the beat line this is my friend my friend you're like oh my friend. god yeah. are they gonna do it it's so it's so queer coded it's ridiculous right like oh. what queer person has never left that beat there <laughs> come on <laughs> at the doctor's right. office like who is this woman with you that like wants to sit in on your like exam you're like my friend <laughs> Uh, either for that or where you're like, I don't know where we are right now. Are we dating? Are we not dating? This is my friend. Friend. (laughs) Just just a little hesitation. It's, yeah, it's like very, very... Are we together? Heavily coded. 
Mm. Yeah, they're they're in this weird place. You know, a few episodes before, when Rachel was drunk, she walks up to Quinn and says, "Hey, girlfriend." You know, and all of us are like, "I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what? What? What in the who?" Okay, um, you know, alcohol bringing out all of those you know innermost latent desires and all of that. But yeah, so much good stuff with them in season two, where we see Quinn softening a bit you know, not doing the bullying stuff, even helping Rachel on occasion. At the beginning of season two, you know, Quinn at Rachel's request goes up to Finn, you know, trying to see if he wants to get back with her. And he says, nope, I'm with Rachel now. And, you know, I mean, Quinn did that for for Rachel. Rachel. Yeah. 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 She did not so, give a shit about I, getting with Finn. You no. know what? You know what this is reminding me of? This is I'm having throwbacks to um, Bend It Like Beckham, right? Which they actually did write to be gay, and then they mm-hmm. were like, "Whoops, nope, can't make it gay." And then you can't, you kind of like retcon the whole movie. This mm-hmm. is sort of what it feels like: is they were like, "Gonna be gay, gonna be gay, gonna be gay, gonna be gay," and then they were like, "Nope, I guess they're just gonna be very good friends." And you're like, "Wait." <laughs> well, <laughs> but so all these I mean this. This is actually yeah. a thing. And last night, I, in preparing for this, I was trying to find any evidence online because I swear someone affiliated with the show actually like corroborated this. <gasps> oh, my God. Quinn was supposed to be the gay character. Karofsky ended up having Quinn's storyline. Um, what? Quinn was supposed to be, I mean, now maybe no one actually officially corroborated this, but I, I swear this has been a conversation that Quinn was coded as I'm the, you know, jock athlete. I'm the last person you would expect. I'm coming from this, you know, heavily Christian household. I'm pregnant, et cetera. But for her to be the one who has the coming out story and then the show ended up you know, taking it to a certain degree, but then going, well, actually, so here's this Karofsky guy up out of nowhere. He's actually going to be the closeted gay athlete who is a bully, but then, you know, comes around and you know gets with uh, dudes and whatever. And he's going to have this emotional journey and we're going to see all of this. And those of us who saw everything that was happening with Quinn and we thought that that's where it was going, you know, we're trying to unpack, like, why did they not go there? And um, some people think it's because they made Santana be the gay character. So it's like, well, we already have a lesbian. We can't have two of them. Yeah. You know, that... <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> you know. Especially in a glee club. Quotas. What? I, yeah. Right. Oh, my God. No, we, yeah. we can't only do that. If, only one or two gays in there. Yeah. And, of course, the whole Britannia thing happened because... You know, one of the writers made this throwaway line about, you know, what's dating, right. you know, oh, it's it, it can't be sex because then Santana and I would be dating. Right. And so they're then they're like, oh, well, shit, I guess we have to actually do that because now everyone who watches the show is like, oh, so great. You know, Santana and Brittany are sleeping together. Yeah. So they, they already had their queer cheerleader and they didn't want to do another one. And the show is run by men. So they're more comfortable with gay male characters. I don't know. You know, me, the conspiracy theorist over here, but um, <laughs> it, it it really looked like that's what they were setting Quinn up for. So then to walk that back was very frustrating as a viewer and to, to see all the potential and all the little comments made along the way where it's like, really, that that doesn't mean more than. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. 
But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. That, I mean, the pinnacle of everything, of course, just to jump into season three, the pinnacle is when you were singing that song, you were singing to Finn and only Finn, right? Which, when that yes. happened... I literally had to, I pushed pause because I was, I was watching a, a recording. I had to push pause and I got up out of my chair and I paced <laughs> my room. I started crying and I actually like leaned my head against the wall and just said, oh my God, it's happening because there was no heterosexual explanation for that line. And so I like composed myself five minutes later and I came and sat down and hit unpause, but then Quinn didn't actually say anything more explicit. And she's just yeah, like nothing. hugging Rachel and crying and like taking in the the gasping, you know, I'm trying not to cry because you're shattering my dreams in front of me. You do want to marry this douche nozzle. And it's just, oh my God, there's still no explanation. For well, okay. Sorry, will you super quickly, because I watched for like season one and two, I watched some clips today to like catch up on where Faberi is now. I know like Rachel's getting married to oh, Finn, yeah. but yes. what's, set, what's the set song? A scene for us. Like, what's the song? What are the lyrics that she's singing? Like, all that. And it's, you know, I, I mean, I, I know them, but it almost, like, doesn't even matter because it's still the gayest thing. But, yeah, so we're in season three, episode 14, which was called On My Way. And <laughs> Lee's just, like, so excited that I know that. But, I mean, <laughs> I it is. I love so much. It's one of Merry the, Christmas like, quintessential <laughs> Faberry episodes. And so Quinn has said she will not go to the wedding because she is not supporting this. She's tried to talk Rachel out of it. It's not happening. Okay, wait. She has tried vehemently to talk Rachel out of getting married. And there's this deleted scene. Let's just start there. (laughs) Oh, my God. The deleted bridesmaid scene where they're all trying or, or watching Rachel try on dresses. And Quinn stands up and says, you know, I'm not going to just 
stand by and watch you ruin your life by marrying Finn Hudson. You know, like you're you're the shining star of all of us. You, know, you, you must want more for yourself than this, basically. You must and want me Quinn, for yourself. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, Rachel says, She's if you not feel wrong. that way, you shouldn't go. Quinn says, fine, then I won't go. And then they go perform at one of their many, like, regional, sectional, whatever performances, and they do a song called Here's to Us. But you have to watch her delivery because the thing about it is I just can't understand that this was the most heterosexual take that Diana Agron did. <laughs> like, this is the one where the editors were like, oh, that one. That shows that she really supports Rachel getting married. Like, you know, let's use that because the emotion in it at the time like she takes this trembling lip like inhale like she's trying not to cry and then rachel hugs her and she puts her arms around and she lets out this sigh but she looks so sad and you can tell that she's just destroyed and then she tries coming to the wedding and gets hit by a truck while texting rachel to say i'm on my way yep i did see that one scene but but i saw it like i saw it in a compilation video out of context and i was like this is the gayest thing ever. So I was mm-hmm. also just curious, like, what is the context of that line? Because, yeah, it's well, super and gay. It's, it's, and there's, there's it's more. It's another example, too, of where I think part of the problem is that exactly that. Like, somewhere there is an editor who watched that scene and saw nothing gay in there, right? <laughs> how? And, and, well, how? I think the answer is that when you just constantly have men doing all of these things... That when you have a scene that, like, emotionally, romantically, sexually involves no men, <laughs> they, they literally yeah. just don't don't <laughs> see it, right? They're like, oh, look, two girls having emotions as per usual, right? And it's like... <laughs> There's more, because we haven't talked about okay. prom. Yes. And prom yes, is a big deal with Faberi. So first of all, in season two... Yeah, there's a, there's a couple proms to go through, huh? They're really the two big ones, right? So there's season two prom and season three prom. And in season two prom, Quinn has been, you know, crowned homecoming or, or prom queen. Sorry, prom queen. And the thing that's just insane is while Rachel is on stage singing Jar of Hearts, and I will admit, I didn't even catch this when it happened. And my friends at Fabericon pointed it out to me and it changed my life. If you go back and watch it, you see Quinn and Rachel looking at each other and Quinn has her hand on Finn's shoulder and she pulls back her two middle fingers and is giving the I love you (laughs) sign language on Finn's shoulder. There is no reason why she would need to pull back just those two fingers. Secret girlfriends is the reason. It's fine. Totally like subliminal messaging of, you know, I love you. As Rachel's singing, who do you think you are gathering, you know, my heart and everyone else's. And Quinn's like, no, but I love you, you know, and then goes in the well, bathroom to be and fair, slaps her. She does her. think she's the, the prettiest girl she's ever oh, seen. I know. I love that part. That bathroom scene with the slap. Oh, my God. It's it's everything, you know, just. The intensity in Quinn slapping her and Rachel being all about it, you know, (laughs) saying that she appreciates the drama of it. But I I think she's into it on, you know, kind of a kinkier level Uh, than that. I can't believe I didn't put a who's the top question in my queue. Damn it. (laughs) It's not too late. Oh, Quinn is definitely the the top. But I mean, it could go either way. But I personally prefer Quinn Mm. the top. 
but I'm okay with both. I feel like there should be a should have been gay drinking game anytime we say top or bottom for any of them. Yes. Oh my God. Do it. But yeah, that's when Rachel says, you know, you're the prettiest girl I've ever met, but you're a lot more than that. And we get to see Quinn really being vulnerable with Rachel and seeing that she can be vulnerable with Rachel and it's going to be okay. You know, her world's not going to fall apart. And then we have this amazing symmetry one season later in the season three prom, we have the hallway conversation. And this is beyond Quinn has gone through all of her being crazy about, you know, Beth and Shelby and all of that. She's gotten hit by a truck, but she's going to walk out of her wheelchair soon. So, you know, it'll be all right. Anyway, sorry. Season three, Quinn, is a disaster. (laughs) But in this prom episode, we get Rachel coming around to Quinn, like to look her in the eye saying, do you not understand what you mean to me? Which this episode happened literally on my birthday and I fell out of my chair, (laughs) could not handle it. And that we have Quinn like trying not to cry as Rachel's telling her that more than any of her singing accomplishments, getting into Niata, more than any of that, the number one accomplishment that she's taking out of her high school experience is that she found a way to be Quinn's friend. Yeah, friend. Wait, sorry. God. Friend. (laughs) Friend. Which, you know, Harold, they're lesbians. <laughs> and then in the same conversation, Rachel's saying, and I voted for you for prom queen. And then Santana walks in and says, stop making out with Barry, which we're like, oh, God, amazing. Santana and then we always, find knows, out, always speaks the truth. Oh, she knows. She always knows. Then we find out Quinn won prom queen by one vote. Rachel made her prom queen. And then Quinn turns around and gives it to Rachel, you know, announces that no, actually Rachel's the winner. So they each made the other prom queen. And it's so fucking gay. <laughs> like, oh. I, I'm going to say as much as what we're talking about with Faberry right now is a travesty. I think the other travesty is just that everyone listening can't see Ellie and I during, during the recording of this episode. Because I think they're really missing out oh, on Oh, they really lot. are. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel so Bet- enlightened. Between me talking with my yeah. hands and your facial expressions, like, <laughs> Faberi is an experience, is the thing. Like, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say it's a religion, but it is a life-altering mm. experience. And for anyone listening to this who was like, really? Those Glee girls? Really? Please go back, rewatch just seasons one and two, and then a few choice episodes in season three. You will see what we are talking about. I promise. Okay, but wait. Yes, you'll see. The emotional everything between Quinn and Rachel, yes. But since we brought up Santana... Oh my god, let's talk about can it. We talk, can we talk about Santana a little bit? Because... She gay. Uh, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you have a character like Quinn, who has been so obviously queer-coded from day one, right? Oh, here's a character... She has to try to convince herself that this super attractive girl at her school is, like, just dirt and is nothing. Uh, She's president of the celibacy club because she just has no interest in having sex with boys. But then, oops, I I decided to just, you know, I didn't feel good about myself one day, so I did sleep with a boy. You know, because what repressed gay hasn't made that mistake. Uh, And... 
I had my pink hair phase, and I got kicked out of my house, and... Uh, okay, you do all of these things, and I think everyone watching the show was like, we get it, this is gonna be, like, every other queer baby nonsense that is never gonna go there, and you just resign yourself to what it's gonna be, and then you make her sleep with Santana! What the fuck? What the but fuck? Also, what a gift. It was so good. <laughs> Such a gift. But you know, there are fan theories that the showrunners saw that Faberi was a strong fan contingent and Britanna was a strong fan contingent. And they did the Quintana thing to like, I don't know, pit us against each other or I don't know, create infighting or to do something that was in between rather than like choosing one thing or the other i don't know but honestly i don't know a single faberry fan who was pissed about it <laughs> you know none of us were going to be like she should have been having sex with rachel on screen we're like we have been saying for three and a half years that quinn for break mm-hmm. is fucking gay and now we we have evidence of that um i mean maybe some britanna people were angry but at least in team faberry you know camp faberry um, oh yeah it was the best I mean, thing that even ever just happened. like all of the all of the gay people shipping Faberry together, like just from an aesthetic standpoint. I mean, who's going to complain? Yeah. about that? <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> we don't mind. <laughs> who's mad about that? No one was mad about that. I mean, it was it was fine. No it was fine. One. It was okay. No. They were. Okay I will together. say too. Like I said, I pretty much stopped watching after like maybe three and a half. So I was researching today, and I just saw the picture of them both like half naked in bed, and I was like, wait, wait, what? And I was like. Holy shit. Like, I literally experienced this today. Did you did you go yes. watch the clip? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It even has the cliche, like, Quinn mm-hmm. falling out of space yes. back onto the bed thing. Which, I mean, we learned from Buffy once more with feeling that if you go down on a girl, <laughs> she levitates. So... We know that that's canonically true. So obviously Santana was going down on Quinn and then, you know, Quinn peaked and then she falls. This might be my favorite thing that we've ever recorded right there. (laughs) We know it is whenever someone gets... I mean... As we know scientifically, just taking notes in the background. (laughs) At least You need to like push your glasses up while you say that. As we are well aware... (laughs) Yes, as we know, is true t- television scientific phenomena. So you're saying she was a girl flung from space? Hey, hey gotcha. good one, Lee. Hey. We're we're really we're going all over the place hey. with we're with just the we're queer knocking them down today. left and right. But Here you go. She also says <laughs> in that scene, "I've always wanted to like I've always wanted to sleep with a woman," and you're like, "A woman or like a mm-hmm. specific woman?" Right, a specific or like. A small, dark-haired, like, like, feisty Mm -hmm. woman. I mean, just not to get specific or anything. Mm -hmm. She's just, like... No, like, some brunette (laughs) from Glee Club, you know. So, but, you know, she was busy pulling petals off a flower, wondering (laughs) if she was going to get back with Finn or whatever. So I went with this other brunette from Glee Club (laughs) with a strong personality. Very similar types. So... It's fine. And a lot of people like Pesberry, you know, Rachel with Santana. I have many friends who are into that dynamic as well. The four Look, ladies. This are I did include in my Q and Gs, okay? It's fine. I'm not like a complete waste. I I've, I got Pesberry. something. 
no one would have said anything hurtful about you like that. I think don't, I think the best worry. thing is we should have waited to see if uh, if Ellie could have told us what Pesberry was, I know, I was if like, he hadn't given it away. Damn it! I'm but sorry. I'm sorry. I was just looking at my notes, and there's there's just so much good stuff, especially in season two about them trying to find a way to be friends. You know, there's the conversation at the piano where they're trying to write a song together. We have Rachel um, telling Finn, you know, get a, a light green ribbon with the corsage to match her eyes. Oh, it's God, like, we didn't talk about the corsage yet. fucking gay. Oh, like, you're Jesus. thinking about what would match her her dress See, oh my god it's it's just so much that you've looked at and thought about many times so many and we have quinn specifically like telling rachel get out of here you are better than this town and even though she's framing it as i'm gonna stay here with finn live the boring life because you have bigger dreams than this you can tell you know th- those of us with the, the the polished eye who know what to look for can tell that finn is just the beard he's just the front in this situation and it's i am not as talented as you you know your dreams are are bigger than me and i want to you know send you on your way it is their phrase the, the whole thing is just it's so heartbreaking because Quinn is so torn and wanting Rachel to pursue her dreams, but also wanting to be with Rachel and not wanting to to hold her back. And so she chooses to keep everything inside. So Rachel if can you go love off and someone, become an amazing Broadway let star. Let them go. That's the that's the tack that can Quinn we talk takes. about though, like her letting Rachel go, but also very intentionally being like, "Here's a train ticket." Yeah, <laughs> like long distance yes. college relationship. I got one for Here. me too. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, you didn't do that with all your friends. Like, right? Who does that yeah. for a casual friend, right? No, like that. that Enemies was to so somewhat gay. friends, and like here's a here's a train ticket to come see uh, me all the time. NBD, no pressure. And what's heartbreaking is in season four we find out that not only. Did Quinn not use her ticket, right? And Rachel, like, they have not used the tickets to see each other. But maybe this was just, like, poor continuity on the writer's parts. But Quinn also lies about the fact that she's the one who bought the tickets. Um, I think she says it was Rachel's idea that Rachel got it for, but she just totally blows it off. So, like, they even get that wrong. I'm like, you're killing me, writers. You're absolutely killing me. But I think also there was a scene, too, where they were emailing, right? And she's like, oh, Rachel emailed me to tell tell me that, like, she's not coming for this thing or whatever. And everyone's like... Oh, God, maybe. I confess I don't remember. I just watched this today. It was in one of the fan vid compilations. Then I will take your word for it. There was a scene where she's like, yeah, me and Rachel have been emailing. And everyone else at the table is like clearly Rachel has not been emailing any of them. Like the only person, and there's like eight of them at the table. The only person yeah. that she's even trying to communicate with is Quinn. Man, those train tickets. And those tickets are not mm-hmm. cheap, by the way. Like one of my Fabricon people went and looked it up and they're very expensive. That was quite the gift that you would just give to a friend. I'm doing air quotes, but you know, the, the the joy of seeing that in season one, we've got the enemies bit happening. And then season two, they're beginning to tolerate each other, finding ways to support each other and be vulnerable with each other. And then in season three, 
they truly finally become friends and they talk about it, you know, oh, we're, we're, we're kind of friends, huh? And Rachel's saying, I, I can't believe I get to call you my friend. It still sounds weird referring to you as my friend. And they keep saying it over and over and over. And it's like, we get it. It's like the They're biggest giveaway friends, when writers... Are they fucking friends? <laughs> when, when writers do that, when they just have them <laughs> continuously say, like, just say friend again. Just say your friends. Just, like, talk about how you're friends all the time. And you're like, right, because if you didn't say it, it's not, it's not super Would obvious, it be true? is it? Right. Mm. Yeah. It could be interpreted so many ways. Right. It's like, say crack again. Crack. (laughs) This one, too, like that line, like, I can't believe I get to call you my friend. Like, how many times have, like, Mm -hmm. when you've been so into someone and you're like, oh, like, I can't believe I get to call you Uh my girlfriend. Like, it's so amazing that, like, you're the person that I'm dating. Like, that's what that is. Too much. It's heartbreaking. And the scene in the office there where, Rachel says, we're kind of friends, huh? And Quinn says, kind of. There is the moment in that scene, like, where they're starting to kind of go there emotionally, and then they get (laughs) cock-blocked by that woman who walks in the office. Like, every time they have a chance to take the conversation somewhere real, they get interrupted or something happens, and it's just, it's fucking maddening. But there's so much there canonically. So I have a question for you, (sighs) because... But as we wrap it up, if it were up to you, how would you end? How would you end it? Like, how how would you put Faberi together? You know, I, at this point, can say pretty solidly that I'm glad that they did not become canon because the Glee writers ruined everything and nothing went well on that show. My friends and I definitely were okay with all of the breadcrumbs and bits that happened because then we had puzzle pieces that we could take and and build something even better out of it. But, you know, I got to say the way the show ended it, which you may or may not know, but at the very end of the series, we find out, I think it was that Rachel is pregnant and Quinn donated the egg. So Rachel's pregnant with Quinn's baby? Oh, yeah. Reciprocal IVF. Totally not a gay thing, you know, typically or anything. Not gay at all. So the fact that it ended with Rachel being pregnant with Quinn's baby, I'm I'm okay with that. You know, the, the family dynamics there, considering that Quinn's daughter, Beth, gets adopted by, by Shelby. <laughs> Rachel's mom, Shelby. It, it became a running joke with my people, um, this line, your sister is my baby. <laughs> because now Beth and Rachel are stepsisters, or however you want to draw the lines. But the, the other great thing is, it's like, how do you want the pairing to end ultimately and it's kind of just like pick your fic i mean someone's written it (laughs) there's there's no wrong answer here there's there's no wrong answer exactly there are so many universes right a lot of people write fic where they get together in college and then as they get older you know they they drift apart and it's a college romance a lot of people write the opposite where it takes them a long time to come back to each other They each have to work through all of their personal neuroses and self-esteem issues and whatever and get to a place where they're mature adults before they can reconnect. (laughs) As Um, long as 
as long as I, they're together. I mean, yeah. I'm good with pretty much anything. <laughs> there's no, there's no wrong one answer. One of them right? dies. No, I've read one where one of them's a ghost, and it was really yeah, great too. So, so like, death is on it. the table. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> there's that one. I mean, there's the one where Quinn becomes a trucker. Like, there's, there's so much Love it. great stuff out there. So, go read yourself some Fabry fic. Um, there, there's the aforementioned zombie one. You know, better run out, run my gun. I love that you did know what I was talking about. Oh yeah, John. This is this is you know. It's written by your cat. She's my Good. she's my bud. Oh yeah, man. Uh, for real though, the fic is top shelf. There, there's just so much incredible stuff out there. It's just an embarrassment of riches. So, um, yeah, maybe uh, my friends and I can put together a fic rec list. Yes. For oh, that would be amazing. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I'll throw a few vids on there as well. I yes. totally like traumatized Lee in the best way one night by being like, go watch this. Go watch this. Traumatized. Is that the word we're going with? I mean, gifted you. Yeah. You know, changed good. your life. I, okay. Enlightened here's, you. Here's the story. The story is I had to go to the airport and my plane got canceled. Like literally my flight got canceled. And so I ended up with seven hours to kill uh, at the Homophobic. airport that day. <laughs> Which I think is really when our, our bond solidified, John. Uh, and, it was. And John was so kind as to just continuously send me more and more uh, vids that he had made. It sounds like uh, an amazing airport trip. To entertain me on my endless hours at SFO. And it was a beautiful time. A beautiful time. It was time. so good. I mean, you had to watch my 18-minute scene reconstruction called The Coming Out of Quinn for Bray, which was actually like kind of how I got my foot in the door with online Faberry fandom because no one knew who I was. But then I made this thing and overnight it got 4,500 notes overnight. And I was like, oh, okay, people liked this. Yay. And uh, I'm still very proud of it. But yeah, it's literally 18 minutes of taking scenes from Glee, rearranging the audio and constructing a narrative of Quinn, realizing she's gay for Rachel, and then coming out and being with Rachel. But then they break up and it's sad. But Quinn ends up in an okay place. It's a trip, that is a journey. I'll tell you what. Yeah, we'll also will, share a link with that as well. There you go. It's on my Tumblr. So we always talk about who are we shipping, but it's pretty clear in this one. I Yeah, I think it's a gimme on this episode. <laughs> so we all I, I know. <laughs> Faberi. Any you know, alternate ships? People talk about this Fabery thing, but I never saw it. Yeah, you right? Know? It's, yeah. Faberi. <laughs> it's the OTP of my heart. I'm okay with... With Quintana, I'm okay with Pesberry, but I mean nobody has anything on. What about Britanna? <laughs> and we'll be back with and another episode. <laughs> Gotta go, y'all. Bye. Many of my friends are into it, and I support their choices. You know, I was dragged into Glee by um, my my best buddy at the time. He was a huge Britanna fan. He's written Britanna songs. They're on YouTube. They're amazing. He was like, you've got to watch this show. And I'm like, okay, because I had heard of it. I watched season one and I didn't really connect with it. But then when he started talking about Britanna, I went back and watched things. And that was when I started getting interested in Faberi. So I, I have to give Britanna a, you know, some credit. That it brought that you it tangentially to Faberi. Mm. Brought me to Glee and to Faberi, but I was never 
a Britannia shipper personally myself, but my friends are, and I support them. And a friend of mine contacted me many years back in Fabricon days and said, hey, um, Fabricon was amazing. Will you help me start a Britannicon? And I did. So there were two Britannicons. Amazing. We're all about that were, any con that that's celebrating fun. the love of two women. Let's be I real. I know, right? I tell ya, you. We know, don't, funny we you should mention that because these days my gig is running a multi-fandom fem slash con called TGIFF or TGI fem slash. So it's what Fabricon grew into because once Glee ended... You know, there, especially because Quinn had been off the show for three years, you know, there was only so much to talk about. But we wanted to keep hanging out and talking about gay ladies and femme slash and all of this. So we went multi-fandom, and that has been a lot of fun. We're about to have our fifth TGI femme slash in February so in exciting. Long Beach. And even though we are full at the moment, we always have some movement. So get on our wait list, and we'd love to... Have you come and hang with us? That's awesome. Yeah, tgifemslash.com. We have heard it's the weekend of Valentine's Day. It is. So it makes it a little tricky for us. But it's also President's Day weekend. <laughs> I don't know. Some places you get President's Day off work. You're right. Know. So we could take a nice long weekend. There you go. It's okay. Is it timely? Oh, I think it's time. We have to do our due diligence. Faberry should have been gay. Should have been okay. gay. It's important. We have to say it, okay? You're right. But I think now it's time, if you're ready, John, for Q and Gay. Q and Gay. I was okay. born ready. See, that's, that's, the, that's the spirit I like going into these. Okay, question one. You know I have to ask this. Blonde Quinn or pink hair Quinn? Oh, oh, okay. Now, I want so... you to be very aware. There's no both option in this question, John. <sighs> No, no, no. So pink hair, so Skank Quinn, Punk Quinn, is possibly like the most powerful fictional creature who's ever graced the screen. (laughs) She alone has turned more young people queer than could ever be counted. She is a force to be reckoned with. Um, I will personally say that my moment of being like, oh my God, Quinn looks so fucking hot, was the episode previous, the season two finale, when she gets her hair cut short mm. the first time. That is my personal Quinn, but I, I have to shout out to Skank Quinn. I mean, I let's be real. I would choose Skank Quinn over <laughs> anyone in anything. A, a perfectly um, fair answer. Valid. Valid. Yeah. All right, question number two. Did you ever have a crush on a bully? Yes or no? Like a real life bully? <laughs> or a fictional bully? I like don't know. Like someone, someone who bullied me? Yeah, I guess, me? I mean, I guess that's the, the crux of the question. Oh, man. I, I never had crush. I mean, I was definitely bullied a lot. Not by anyone that I had a crush on. Although, after this Faberi analysis, it's very possible that they all had crushes <laughs> You're right. on me. Good, good answer. I think that's Clearly, obviously what happened. Yeah. That's what it is. Obviously. I mean, obviously. You already said you're a Rachel, so, I mean. Yeah. I'm such a Rachel. I mean, I, I obviously am in love with Quinn Fabray, but not because of the bullying. I'm not well, a fan no, no of one bullyish yes. characters, just just in general. Um, there's a moment in season six of Glee when Santana just like rips Kurt apart for like two minutes in this massive monologue. And everybody was like, oh, this is the best thing ever. And I've always been yeah. deeply uncomfortable with it. I'm, I'm not okay with 
bullying tactics. So I prefer Quinn when she has, uh, you know, softened up and decided to be vulnerable because I think feelings and emotions and vulnerability, like that's what's really sexy. Question three, John. What was Quinn's Mm -hmm. biggest gay giveaway? A, the names. B, the train tickets. C, giving Rachel her nose or being willing to give Rachel her nose. D, the pornographic drawings. You know, I mean, I feel like the gayest thing on that list might be the train tickets, but the pornographic pictures happened first. So that was really the big giveaway in the beginning, I, I think. The combination of that and, as we mentioned, the notebook where we see her yet again drawing Rachel, but this time with hearts around yeah, I, I feel like Quinn's actions and her words were not lining up in the same way that she thought they were. You know, her, her artistic skills were really giving her away and revealing Can you do her innermost desires. On paper? Does that still work? <laughs> uh, okay, I, I think good. absolutely. Really, they're all giveaways. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Question number four. Are you more of an A, Quinn, or B, Rachel? Oh, I'm definitely more of a Rachel there isn't too much about me that aligns with Quinn's personality. Although, actually, <laughs> to, just to jump back to the previous question for a second, the real queer giveaway with Quinn Fabray was when she did the singing performance, You Keep Me Hanging On, where she's dancing with all of the cheerleaders and like the other girls in like the football costumes. It is the gayest thing i've ever seen just like this dream sequence of yeah it's very like her but being i'm a cheerleader incredibly homosexual yeah yes yeah, yeah that was the big gay giveaway okay. angry queer singing right there uh fair that's it's all it's all gay is the answer and it's in the same episode as is all this other stuff yeah. we're talking about or like one episode later it's in all mid yeah, like episode six and seven. That's the gay time. Okay, question <laughs> it's five. Really all the and, gay time. and again, like question four, I know you've you've already answered this, but we will be putting these up on our Twitter. And I am I'm so fascinated to see how these are all gonna come back. So the real question Faberry, Quintana, or Pezberry? I mean, I would personally rank them in that order. <laughs> um, you know, Faberry is life, Faberry is everything. The license plate on my car even says Faberry. Does it really? Like, oh my god, let's, stop, let's, it. Let's, stop oh, it. Stop it. Oh, it does. Oh, it does. Could and, you send us pictures, please? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love it. I, I can back that up. Absolutely. I mean, when people see my car, they need to know what I'm about. So, um, but Quintana, you know, it's also a good time. And canonically, you know, a, a real sexual relationship, but also a fun friendship as well. I, I support that. Pezberry had the fun antagonistic component uh, with it, but, you know, they became friends by the end, you know, as much as Santana didn't want to admit it. So I think there are really fun dynamics to unpack there in all three of those relationships. <laughs> You're right. Oh, my God. This has been such a joy (laughs) (laughs) for me as well i reverted so hard back to high school and i don't even care it's so good though i i don't get to talk about faberry much anymore you know everything that i 
could say about February with my February friends, like we've already done it over and over and over again. And not many people are discovering Glee these days because, you know, burn it with fire. But now <laughs> I, I say that as, you know, these days, if someone says, oh, I'm thinking about watching Glee, others will say, please don't. Like, don't do that to yourself. But I also... It's not worth it. Just find the clips that you want to find and watch those. Yes. But I do need to also say, like, Glee changed my life. I have true, genuine love for it in my heart. I still can't watch, you know, a video of them singing Don't Stop Believing without getting emotional. So as much as it totally went way off the deep end and really burned a lot of us in many ways, I don't want to put forth the image or the message that I'm like anti-Glee. It really, truly, like I would not be the person that I am today. I would not have the social life and the found family and so many of the good things that I have if it were not for this ridiculous gay television show. So thank you, Glee, for all that you have given me. A beautiful way to end this episode. I love it. John, thank you. Thank you so much for bringing all of that expertise. This was my pleasure. Are you kidding? I feel just, you know, so honored that you chose me to be the courageous spokesperson to (laughs) bring this episode to life. I hope that I lived up to the label of expert that I was given. (laughs) And then some, you know. But, you know, so many of my friends, they are walking encyclopedias of the good fic and walking encyclopedias of how things really were in season one, you know, cast dynamics and so many things that happened behind the scenes or whatever. So, you know, if you want to learn more about early Glee and Faberi and all of this, you know, tweet at me. I will point you in the direction of the right people to talk to. We will educate you. And speaking of, where can people find you to do that? They can find me at jarrow272. So J-A-R-R-O-W-272. I am on the Twitter. I am on the Tumblr. Um, I don't post much on Tumblr anymore, but if you go to my Tumblr homepage, there are permalinks on the side, including the three Glee vids that I made, the 18-minute scenery construction I mentioned, and then two other just regular length ones that I'm quite proud of. And where can people find TGI Femslash? TGIFemslash.com and also on Twitter at TGIFemslash. There is also a Fabericon website. Like if you want to go learn about the days of old, if you go to Fabericon.com, it's still there and it has a bunch of information about the five cons that we had. So you can dig into a little fandom nostalgia there, should you wish. There's no excuse. You better be educated uh, about That's all right. of Fabery goodness. I'm a teacher by day and I say, get your learning on. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. John, thank you again. Oh, thank this, you. This both. has been the best Fabarimus present to myself ever. This has been so, so, so fun. Truly a treat and a pleasure. Thank you both. Let me hear you say hip, 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 hip. We love hearing from all of you. We love continuing to build this community. So we like to shout out some of our favorite things that have been happening every episode just to show how much it means to us. So this week we want to shout out 
Julie, who well emailed us a little bit back asking how to use our promo code to get tickets to the Frameline screening of the Generation Q premiere, and then emailed after the premiere to let us know that she had such a good time. It was on her birthday, which was amazing. We're so glad that you got to go and celebrate in such an awesome way, and that you enjoyed it, because <laughs> who wouldn't have enjoyed it? It was incredible. And also, who let us know that she's out in my neck of the woods in California and occasionally out in Tahoe, which I haven't actually ever been to Tahoe yet. I'm the worst Northern Californian ever. That is crazy. Uh, I've been to Tahoe. I know, and we keep talking about going, and then we just kept having babies, and it just hasn't happened, and we're working on it. So... Um, so there you go, Julie. Hopefully we can go hang out sometime in Tahoe. Uh, we'll make it happen. And learn how to ski. She's a ski instructor. Yes. I'm so, well, I'm a terrible skier though, but she said she would teach me how to snowboard too. I'm also awful. I know this is not a time for stories, but I need to tell a story. (laughs) Tell a story. Do it. You know you want to. I'm not going to stop you I tried to snowboard once, Lee. (laughs) (laughs) And I never went again. (laughs) You know those things where they pull you up? Like, you have to, like, mm-hmm. grab onto it. Like and the then, tow, ro- tow rope Yeah, things. the tow rope. And then, like, you're supposed to, you know, go up the thing. So I was probably, like, 12, 13, going with my family, trying to snowboard, grab the tow rope. The top half of my body is moving, but the bottom half <laughs> didn't move. <laughs> and I just kept hanging on. <laughs> and I never made it up the hill. I said, oh, God, I'm never going to make this. I fell, and I was really embarrassed, so I never went again. So, Julie, maybe you can help a lost cause. Maybe she can help both of us. There you go. Please, we, Julie. Help, help us, Julie. You're our only hope. Oh, nice reference, Lee. Love it. You're welcome. <laughs> and as always, we have to thank our lesbian Jesus Jedi patrons, Lizette Stye, <laughs> Tanya Ferguson, Jess Klaus, Danny Griswold, Michelle Ray Thomas, Sarah and Julia, Nicole Gross, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Mark Foster, Danny Gunlock Tamora, Sammy Walsh, Audrey O'Connor, and Wendy K. Bartlett. And our King Princess patrons, Kayla Kelly and Amy and Ellen. Thank you all so much. We could not do all of the amazing things that we do without you. And may the force be with you all. <laughs> Thank you. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. You can send us an email at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Make sure that you subscribe on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts so that you'll be the first to know as soon as new episodes go up every week. We're also putting videos up on our YouTube channel this season, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod to catch them. If you want to help support the podcast, there are so many ways that you can do that. The first one, rate and review us on iTunes. It's so easy, it's so free, and it helps new people find the podcast. If you want to support us financially, you can do that at Patreon at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We have a lot of cool perks there. We have drinking games for our Lessentials. We have Lessentials watch parties. We have blooper reels. We have merch discounts. If you want to get some of your- And free episodes. All sorts of good stuff. So many good things. Speaking of merch, Lee. (laughs) We also have a merch store, and there's a ton of good stuff in it. And if you order right now, there is still time to get things in time for the holidays. I think depending on how you're getting it shipped, it's either December 12th to December 18th, somewhere in that window that you have to order by. Uh, But we have some fun. We still have our homo for the holiday. 
We still have our Homo for the Holidays designs up. We also have a new holiday design up. That's Ellie's <laughs> Unwrap Me, I'm Gay. Uh, it's beautiful. You know you Classic. want it. Let people know what they're getting, you know, as soon as they look at you. Um, all of those are available along with all of our other merch. So check it out. You can find it at bit.ly slash lesshop. If you want to find us individually, you can find me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at LSH Foster. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.